A few years ago, when my mother was in assisted living in a facility, a nurse's aide stole a credit card that my mother insists upon having in her room, kind of one of her last vestiges of independence. The worker took the credit card right off my mother's dresser at the end of the day. My brother caught the purchases that to most seemed unforgivable. I mean, it wasn't groceries or gasoline or doctor's bills or anything of the sort. She got her nails done, went for drinks after work, and brought some high-end clothing before the card was canceled. Of course, the woman was fired immediately, and interestingly, my brother was sick about the whole thing. He felt that having the credit card in the room was a terrible temptation, making it part our fault and responsibility for giving her a near occasion of sin. And along the way, there was a conversation with the facility's administration about our family's thoughts about the persecution of the thief. My brother sent a message to our family group text gauging the temperature. And interestingly, it was no interest whatsoever amongst my siblings to prosecute. And the reasons were interesting. It seemed an unnecessary diversion from our focus that was my mother. Let's move on, someone texted. And another, that isn't exactly known for his great faith, said, why don't we just pray for her? But that isn't usually what happens in our world today. It's not the way it works in our movies and television programs where revenge seems logical and really virtuous. I'm reminded of a quote from the late Francis George, uh, Cardinal George of Chicago that we live in a society that per- permits everything but forgives nothing. We've created and entered upon a bitterly divided, unforgiving era in our culture. Yet if we are the people that God calls to, to, uh, to be in our first reading this, in all of our readings this weekend, then we'll be light amid darkness, joy in the midst of sadness, hope amid despair. The question is, what are we willing to forgive? Are we willi- willing from time to time to take the high road? Most in our world engage and a terrible formula in life. That is, someone harms me, I become angry, and in my prayer it's my temptation and right to get back at the offender. But if I do that, then Satan has earned a second victory and brought the anger and retribution to a higher level. And most likely, the one who who originally harmed me will take exception to my retribution and try to reflect more harm on me Blah, 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 and it goes, and it goes, and it goes. And so the cycle continues and escalates. More hatred, more casualties, sometimes violence, more bitterness, sadness, and even sometimes death. The Lord teaches us today, in effect, that sometimes we're called to break the cycle. He's dispatched us onto a field of this world to turn the game around and break the cycle of retribution and hatred and grudges. He's saying, don't play on the devil's team. Just to hate those who hate me, to get back at those who harm me, is work for Satan. Why do we do that sometimes? To advance the ball for Jesus means that we, t- uh, we take the high road and not, ret- uh, not re- returning retribution and anger and grudges. By loving our enemy, we break the cycle of hate. 
By refusing retribution, we rob Satan of that double victory, if you will. But how far do we take this? I remember years ago reading a story about some Amish Christians who assisted and financially supported the wife of a jailed mass shooter that had killed several small Amish children during a rampage. When asked about their decision, they said they were Christians who authentically prayed the Lord's Prayer, that is, to forgive those who trespass against us. What an amazingly heroic example. That said, there are surely many questions that arise out of these sayings of Jesus. Most of them, however, come from seeing Jesus' words as a legalistic prescription rather than a descriptive example of how we should be as human beings. Nevertheless, there are important questions that our gospel elicits. For example, what does it mean to offer no resistance to an injury? Does it mean that there's no place, for example, for a criminal justice system? Should police forces be banned, as some say today? Is there no place for national defense or armed forces? Should bad behavior never be corrected? See how that works in a kindergarten classroom. Am I required to relinquish anything anyone asks from me for? Must I always give money to beggars? Is it always wise to give someone whatever he or she demands? Should I agree to accept every task that is asked of me? In our gospel today, Jesus doesn't forbid self-defense or suggest that we should simply allow people to steal our things and make unreasonable demands of us. Individuals and indeed nations must at times defend against unjust aggressors or criminals. Rather, the Lord is saying, in effect, lighten up and stop being so uptight. We're so uptight today. If someone requests some of your time or takes something of yours without permission, don't be like those who always protest, leave me alone, get your hands off my things. And as regard your dignity, once again, maybe we should lighten up. If someone attacks your dignity by striking you on the cheek, as it says in our gospel today, don't go crazy with retaliation. Your dignity is in God, not an aggressor. Jesus suggests sometimes that we stand our ground, look on aggression in the eye, and say, I won't imitate you, and I won't be intimidated by you. I remain the Lord's son or daughter, and you are my brother or sister. Again, there are many times that we cannot allow theft of important and necessary things, or when we simply uh, cannot be inconvenienced because of other people's important duties. There may also be times when we must defend our reputation lest others lose heart or take scandal. But there are so many times when we just should let it go and not be imprisoned by so many matters, irritations, and unkind remarks. And incidentally, sometimes what we need is a spiritual uh, shot, if we will, of goodness. And sometimes that can happen through a retreat, or that can happen through spending time in the Adoration Chapel. I want to call your attention next month to the Christ Renews His Parish retreats that will be happening for men and women during that month that calls us, 
uh, to, to embrace our Lord, to come in a better uh, relationship with Him, so that in the end we can do what we think is indescribable or unbelievable as Christians. So not striking back is an incredibly high bar. Being a Christian is often an incredibly high bar, so we need that support of our brothers and sisters in Christ. For in the end, when we act as Christ calls us, it creates a world that is worth living in.